from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Four pools, three teams in each pool. Winner of each pool goes on to the semifinals. It goes to single elimination on Saturday, Sunday. So you get semifinals Saturday, championship game on Sunday. The weather out here is absolutely outstanding. I think the legend Ernie Banks had it wrong. He said, let's play two. We've got three great games today, Dennis. Yeah. And I said this in an earlier segment. If heaven's not this nice, I don't want to go. We have an absolutely gorgeous day. Sun is just poking through here, and we've got a nice warm breeze here at Durham Bulls Athletic Park. It's as absolutely fantastic. And if you're a frustrated Canes fan, this is a great spot for you to come get some fresh air, kind of relax a little bit, just decompress a little bit from yesterday's one nothing loss to the Florida Panthers and being down 3-0 in, that, in the series against Florida. Because I'm not going to lie, as a Canes fan, I'm frustrated. Yeah. Frustrated. Seeing like how well, like the, overall, the game that they played, especially being on the road, was so good. I thought they played a, such a good game yesterday, and they just couldn't score. It's frustrating, Mark. I hate it. It sucks. That's not the only thing that we hate. Tell me how you really feel. Well, this is why we get into our four of a kind. Four things we hated about last night. You kind of just kicked it off with yours. With well, your first a little one. bit, a little bit. You want me to I take want you to go first. I want here. you to go first. All right, I'm going to go sports hating Sergey Bobrovsky. Wait, sports hating? Sports hating. I can't Define. I can't I can't hate him as a person. Okay, that's fair. But he has stood on his head. He has just made our lives miserable as Canes fans. You just hate what he's doing. Yes. Okay. Yes, and he's 34 years old. He has 58 playoff career starts. Last night just happens to be his very first playoff career shutout and not only has he been good he's also been lucky i don't want to step on your toes because i know that's part of something we'll talk about here later in this segment yeah he stopped for like 122 of 125 shots can't remember the exact number off the top of my head but he stopped 97 percent of the shots he's faced in he this had series. 32 last night that's annoying that's annoying all right my first thing that i hated about last night and the Canes one nothing loss to the Florida Panthers. I hated the losing. I hated the fact that we lost last night. Come on. And what was a must-win game as it was, well. It was, I honestly thought it was a must-win game. I, I, Luis Fernandez and I yesterday when we talked about it, I said they had to get 2-1. Like, if, if they get to 2-1, everything's open for them. But losing much, yesterday. And how much of a different conversation are we having if the series is 2-1 to one today? Oh, for 2-1. Having won yesterday, we're like, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. Like, hey, you know what? We broke through. And now he can breathe a little bit. He yeah. broke through. You don't have to grip the stick so tight. But no, here we are. I hate the fact that we lost yesterday, and now we're down 3 nothing. It sticks, and I hate it. All right, my second thing that I hated last night, the goalposts. We hit three of them yesterday. Three. Three goalposts in the first period. Jesper Faust, mm -hmm. as he's getting shoved from behind, deflects a Brent Burns shot, gets past Bobrovsky, hits the post. Brady Shea rings, and the puck got a little bit deflected as he took the shot, but nevertheless, rings right off the corner of the of the of the post and the crossbar, right off the corner, and then right on top of that, Brett Pesci has one get through Bobrovsky. It goes off his midsection under his blocker. I'm like, it got through, and it hits the post. It's like even the ones that get through him or past him, 
get the post. Like, I wish that, the that's, that's the puck luck thing. And I wish the TNT cameras would have stayed on those moments for like a half second longer. No. Because, I, but just to know, like, I thought they went, okay, next next action, next play. But you, I could feel it when I was watching the game last night. Yeah. And all three of those opportunities where you just look at the facial expression. Again, we're having different conversation if even one of those goes through. They, they still might be playing after what we saw with all these oh, overtime gosh. games. That well, we even, even if you go back to, to game one in the first overtime when Carolina had a power play. And there's a, after Sebastian Ajo takes a shot, a rebound pops to Seth Jarvis, and he elevates the puck exactly where he needed to to get it over Bobrovsky, who was down. And it hits off the crossbar, comes straight down, and bounces out. Like, how different are the narrative is game one after if that goes in? Just, I think Sebastian Ajo rang a post as well. I'm like, like what? Yeah. That was back in game two, actually. I you know you think it rang a post yesterday, too. That's the, the point is this the posts are annoying. They stink right now, and I hate them. Talking about the difference between like an inch or two as well. Um, yeah. Let me get All to right, my second next? one. Power play execution. Guns only had one power play Awful. opportunity. It was lousy. It was terrible, miserable, Awful. whatever adjective you want to use. You've got to at least get a shot on goal there. Dennis, I'm not an X's and O's hockey guy. That's fair. But it's like they're doing the same thing where they shoot the puck down and then they try to retrieve it mm -hmm. when they're going over the line to avoid the offsides and everything, too need a different strategy they need to do something different the one opportunity they have not to get a shot on goal that was something else i hated last night all right what else did you hate brooks kepka oh okay brooks kepka go on has he has he blinked yet he's Gosh. clapping he's clapping yeah that we're not did gonna lie blink? that was like, pretty annoying brooks, yesterday. I, I cannot blink either so, <laughs> so yeah brooks kepka just won the pga championship was in attendance wearing florida panthers stuff yesterday i didn't realize he was a florida panthers fan whatever but he had he had the trophy i think and all that with him too if i remember correctly but yeah he was all over the broadcast yesterday like, why is I this guy on my television i don't think he blinked a single time good hope his eyes got dry you're up next all right my next one is it's our four of a kind four things Mark Bergen and I hated about last night. My third thing, people blaming refs for the reason why the Carolina Hurricanes lost. Yeah, the refs stunk last night. They blew a call against Shane Gostaspare yesterday. He got Shane Gostaspare got high stick with about 206 left in yesterday's game. They blew that one. They also missed other calls throughout the game. Yeah, the refs were terrible. It's not the reason why the Canes lost. That's lazy talk. That's just flat lazy talk. Are you seeing this on Twitter, Dennis, when you say people blaming oh, yeah. the refs? Twitter, where, where in my, your life just, are you? If people you're watching the game with? or No, Twitter all online, okay. but like just seeing it all over the place. Like, yeah, the refs were awful last night. I'm acknowledging it too. But let's be honest. The refs weren't the reason why the Canes lost yesterday. It's I'm not, with you there. It, it, it's not I like I it, agree with that. It's not like they completely blew a call that resulted in – in the Florida Panthers scoring the game-winning goal. Like, they completely missed something or something all designers completely agreed just that wasn't the case. Final thing that annoyed me about last night, things I hated about last night's one nothing loss for the Carolina Hurricanes, the revisionist history that people were trying to go to back to the trade deadline. While Carolina didn't, quote, get a big guy, get a goal scorer. They're still one of the final four teams remaining in the series, in the, in the playoffs, right? Still one of the final four. So yeah, that's just kind of how I am. I the, the the I think the camera guy next to me might be a little upset with my my action. You're I fired up. Don't care. You're fired. I up. am fired up. I don't care. But here's this. 
People might want to go back to the trade deadline. Here's my point is the teams that made moves at the deadline, like big time moves that traded for big stars, traded future assets, first round picks, whatever it was, those teams are all at home right now. All right. Don't forget this folks. The Kings are one of the final four teams still in the playoffs and they're not being outplayed. They're not being outclassed. Are they having trouble scoring goals? Yes. But that's, let's not go back and re- again go back and have a revisionist history to fit a narrative because in that series against the New Jersey Devils they scored 24 goals in five games no one was complaining about it then so I understand that they're not scoring right now but we have a hot goalie like Bobrovsky and some puck luck that's not going your way that's what it is let's not go make that all right your final my one. last one I don't want to see any more replays of Matthew Kachuk's overtime goals. If there was one silver lining in last night's game, it was that we didn't have an overtime. We didn't have no. an overtime goal where the Canes come up short. So I'm trying to find glass half full perspective here, Dennis. Yeah. It's been tough today. It has been tough. That's Mark Bergen, Dennis Coxer with you. We're live at Durham Bulls Athletic Park. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Listen every afternoon at 12.15 and 4.15, for our cup check-in, built by Ready Roofing, Adam Gold talks with Canes players, past and present, bringing you the latest insight and analysis on the chase for Lord Stanley's Cup. It's the cup check-in right here on 99.9 The Fan, built by Ready Roofing. We're ready, are you? Visit them today at readyroofing.com. Adam Gold caught up with former Carolina Hurricane Mike Commodore earlier today. All right, help me process the way Carolina played last night also the way they played in games one and two and still being down three games to none. <laughs> well, I'd love to give you a good answer, uh, but I'm not sure if I have one. Uh, they, I mean, I mean, I'm sure they're frustrated. I mean, from what I've seen, I haven't seen every second, but I've seen most of it. I mean, they played well. I think that the easiest way to sum it up would be, I mean, Bobrovsky's hot. Florida goalie's yeah. hot. Florida is playing well. Don't get me wrong. I'm not taking anything away from them. Um, but the, the Canes have played well. Last game, I know, I mean, they were possession and everything. They were dominating. <laughs> Just can't score, which hasn't been a problem for them. So I'm sure it's frustrating. It's actually really amazing that they're down 3 nothing. I know I didn't see this coming, even though I know Florida's playing very, very well. Um, but, yeah, they're in one for sure. Uh, but it's not over. Right, it, it, uh, that's what I've been saying. And now, do, do you get the sense, and look, the series has been even enough. It's not like Florida's pumping in a ton of goals. Florida's got six goals in 13 periods of hockey. That doesn't seem like a high number. I know the Hurricanes only have three. Uh, but is it, do you get the sense that if Carolina can win game four, that that's enough of a belief to stretch this series out? Oh, I, I think so. I think so for sure. I mean, yes, is it a tall task? Um, yes, of course. 
if I'm I'm not a gambling man, if I'm gambling, would I bet on it? I'm not sure that I would. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and lie, but I think if I'm sitting in that dressing room, I mean, I think you start with the first period. Go out in the first period of uh, game four. Go win the first period. Don't lose it. Go win the first period and get it moving. And hopefully you get some breaks. Maybe there's some chinks in Bobrovsky's armor and just stay at it. And let's say you win game four, okay, bring it home and just kind of take it step by step, go out there period by period and chip away and see what happens. Mike Commodore is joining us here on the Adam Gold Show. The Hurricanes are down 3 nothing in the series. I know you weren't a forward of the, like the Sebastian Ajo ilk, but for somebody <laughs> no. who was for, I would say, 30 minutes, the dominant player on the ice and had nothing to show for it, how do you get over that frustration and keep doing the things that you're supposed to do and not cheat? Rod talks about it all the time. We don't cheat. Don't cheat for offense. Get your offense through the way we play. How do you avoid trying to do that, trying to do too much? Yeah, like you said, I, I never had any experience with that. Me doing too much was like trying to skate the puck from the goal line to the blue line. So I never did that. I just shoot it off the glass. So that was me keeping it simple. For him, it's a lot different. Um, I'm sure it can be very frustrating. Obviously, he wants to score, but not just that. Obviously, he wants to win, and he's a big part of the team. And in order for that team to be successful, a, a good part of it is him putting up some numbers. So I am sure it's frustrating. But I also have no doubt that those guys believe in Rod. Rod knows what he's talking about. And if you start cheating against, yeah, maybe you get a luck, uh, get a break or something. But if you start, in my opinion, if you start cheating against a team that's playing like Florida is, uh, I think you're going to get exposed, and I think you're going to get exposed in a hurry. So I'm sure I have absolute. If there's one thing I do know, and I'm not in the, I'm not in the Hurricanes locker room, but if there's one thing I do know, uh, Rod will be all over them. I know those guys believe in Rod. They know he knows what he's talking about. Rod did it for years. Um, so I, I, I don't really see that happen. I think they're going to follow Rod. Rod knows what he's doing. He, he absolutely does that. And he seemed like a guy that, like, look, we're doing everything we can. We're the, 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 we, we can't – I'm not saying they can't play better because there are clearly players, and I'm going to get into this later. I don't need you to, uh, to criticize uh, players on that team. Um, so there are guys that are not playing all that well, but they're, they're clearly, as a team, they are playing good hockey because all three of these games could have gone, the, uh, you know, an entirely different way. It looked to me like Florida, once those power plays expired in the second period, it looked to me like Florida just said, you know what? We're going to try to win a game one nothing, And yeah. it worked. There really wasn't a lot of room after that. Yeah, you know what? I mean, that's the one thing with, with, with hockey is that, you know, at the end of the day, um, and especially well, any game of hockey, but playoff hockey, it really kind of stands out, I'd say, is, the most important player on the ice for either team is the goaltender. And the rest of the guys, I mean, at the end of the day, if, if you have a goaltender that's hot and if you have a team that is remotely responsible defensively in front of them, so you're, they're not giving up a whole lot of A-plus-plus chances, that's going to be a hard team to beat if they can score a goal or two. And, and that's what Florida has done. They've, they've locked it down. Bobrovsky's been on fire. And their top players have just – they've scored when they've had to they've taken advantage of power plays i'll say from what i've seen and i i never blamed the refs not the refs fault but the hurricanes right. could use maybe a little a little luck from the referees maybe get an extra call here or there 
Um, but yeah, yeah, it is. Like I said, I, I've gotten a lot of questions here. When I was in Arizona, I just flew to Calgary yesterday, and I've seen a few people here. And you know, I get a lot of questions up here about the Hurricanes because you know most people that know me know I played down there. And yeah, like what is going on? I'm like, hey, look, watch the games they're playing. Florida's on fire. I don't know what else to say. Um, but like I said, it's not over yet. I mean, it's a it's a cliche. They, people say it all the time, but it, it is true. Is is the fourth game is the hardest one to win. So the Hurricanes need to be tough to play against and stick with it, in my opinion. That's Adam Gold talking with Mike Commodore, former Carolina Hurricane, who was part of the 2005-2006 Carolina Hurricanes team that won the Stanley Cup and a Carolina Hurricanes team that was down 0-2 to the Montreal Canadiens in the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs that that year. 0-3, different different set of circumstances again that's the canes cup check-in again listen every afternoon at 12 15 and 4 15 for our cup check-in built by reading roofing we're ready are you visit us at readyroofing.com coming up here in about six seven minutes we're going to talk to ken danico of the nhl network get his insights from yesterday's game in this series as a whole but until then mark bergen let's hit it and quit it all right, let's hit this. The NBA already has one of their or one of their conference champions, Western Conference. We saw the Denver Nuggets sweep the LA Lakers, but here's the thing: none of those games actually seemed relatively close. Over, I guess the series as a whole didn't seem relatively close. It was like Denver's clearly the better team over LA. Absolutely. I mean, we, we talked about this in the earlier segment. Yeah. Nikola Jokic in the high post had every answer that the Lakers threw at him from yeah. a defensive standpoint. Wh- whoever they wanted to match up with him, he, he either had the pass, I'm going to take this guy off the dribble, you're going to double, I know who I'm going to pass to. And even if he didn't get the assist, you'd get the hockey assist yeah. as well. And so when he's putting up triple doubles and he breaks a record by Wilt Chamberlain for most triple triple doubles in, a, in an NBA postseason, that's you know impressive. he's doing something that's, right. That's he impressive. might be a little bit mad. He, we talked about being petty earlier as well. Yeah. He might be a little bit mad he didn't get that MVP trophy. It would have been his third consecutive MVP it, in a row. That instead went to Joel Embiid. It would have been. And I think it's uh, – he's one of the more interesting players to watch and intriguing players to watch in terms of basketball as a whole, not just in the NBA, but factoring college basketball in that too. And the fact that nobody plays like him. Nobody's built like him and plays like him. It, the guy can be trying to dribble out of out of pressure that all of a sudden steps back behind the three-point line, has the ball over his head, and will throw up a three-pointer from, you know, 28 feet away with pressure on him, and the ball goes like there's a high arc, the peak of its, of its arc's like 26 feet in the air. It's almost a little bit like Dirk Nowitzki, but take the passing ability of, like, and I don't say this lightly, like a Magic Johnson. That's yeah. kind of, I'm not saying he's either of those players, but the skill set is just definitely unique. It's definitely unique. I, the guy's a unicorn, and it, it's fun to watch. All right, let's quit that. Let's hit this. Uh, well, I mean, are you a smart guy? I don't know. Are you a smart guy? You're going to say, you're going to tell me, Mark Bergen, that LeBron James is retiring? Absolutely not. You don't think so? I don't so? buy this for a second. Why? It's total crap. What happened to playing with the Suns? What happened to playing with Bronny? Things what changed? happened to potentially playing with Bryce James? Do you actually believe this? I don't. It would not surprise me just because the way his health has been over the last couple of years. The guy's been banged up. It would not surprise me if 
he didn't play maybe the first couple months of this upcoming like he might make his start of the upcoming season christmas day okay like that might be a thing like in order to like fully get himself out because he dealt with the the growing injury the foot injury like to get himself physically right at his age i'll go down this rabbit hole maybe he retires for a year to better position himself to play with his son okay or to say i'll retire for a year so i can go see my son play at usc yeah when he starts playing there for the trojans Maybe he's publicly negotiating too. I there is that. He's, he's praised Steph Curry in the media before. I don't think it's a secret that he would want to play with Steph. And, and at what point does he say, "I can't be the star guy, but I can be like the second banana, maybe the third fiddle yeah. to go ring chasing"? I don't know. That, that's an op- that's an option, but it would not surprise me if we see him take some amount of time off. Uh, but I don't think he's done playing at all. All right, let's quit that. Let's hit this real fast. KD. The Celtics Heat tonight, game three, Boston. I'm sorry, game four tonight between the Heat and Celtics is down in in Miami. Uh, the Celtics have stunk this series. I mean, Jalen Brown even called it flat out embarrassing, which he's not wrong. They it's it's been embarrassing how they played. Do you think the Heat will get the memo that like they've got to fall tonight so the NBA can get another game in to get those broadcast ratings? You think the Heat get the memo tonight, Dennis? I, I don't know if they do, but I I mean if, this series is over, Carlos. Oh, it's it's yeah. I mean, if the Celtics win tonight, wouldn't surprise me. They're talented enough to do so, but this series as a whole, I think, is a hundred percent done. All right, let's quit that. Let's hit this. I feel the turnaround. The NFL announced that the green that city of green bay is actually going to host the 2025 nfl draft but now we're actually starting to see how the city of charlotte and the carolina panthers david tepper talking to the nfl about hosting an nfl draft in the city of charlotte which i think sounds super awesome because we see the amount of people that the fan base from or all the fan bases but just nfl fans as a whole coming to a city and usually they're holding it outdoors for an NFL draft, it's mind-boggling the amount of people that travel for this. But the amount of money, the amount of influx of cash into the city for hotels, restaurants, transportation, the whole deal would just be staggering. I'm all for this. Yeah, and it showcases the best that NFL cities have to offer. Yeah. And it shows it to the entire country. So let's keep our fingers crossed here that Bryce Young and company light it up, Dennis, because if the Panthers get back into contention and there is a huge void right now in the NFC when it comes to quarterback talent, yeah. he lights it up. The Panthers get back into contention here in the next few years. Say, hey, Charlotte, let's bring the NFL draft to the Queen City. I, I think they're just the NFL wants to showcase as much of its cities as possible because they started doing this not too long ago with with Nashville and they saw how awesome Nashville was in the streets were like Babylon yeah. on Broadway. Like it was absolutely crazy. The Nashville NFL draft had the highest amount of people yeah. actually there with just the streets were flooded there. I mean, it looked like Dreamville Fest, but like on steroids <laughs> out there. Um, but then then uh then you had Kansas City and uh, recently then that Vegas has had it now Green it's Bay. It's been in Chicago, it's been it's, all it's, over. It's been all over the place. And I like the fact that they're doing it as long as they keep if they, if they do it in Charlotte, obviously make sure it's somewhere in Uptown and they're going to talk about barbecue. Don't bring that South Carolina mess up here. Like, leave that <laughs> stuff in South Carolina. You're in North Carolina. Present Eastern and Lexington-style barbecues. That's what you got to do. That's Mark Bergen. Dennis Cox here with you. That was Hit It and Quit It. We turn now to the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline. 
Carolina Hurricanes lose last night 1-0 in Game 3. We turn to Ken Danico of the NHL Network. Now, Ken, how do we, how do we as Carolina Hurricanes fans process what Sergei Bobrovsky is doing to this, the, the Carolina Hurricanes right now? That guy is standing on his head, and nobody has an answer, not even us as fans, but the Canes don't have an answer for him either. Yeah, it's it's been a remarkable run for Sergei Bobrovsky uh, in these playoffs, and uh, hard to believe he wasn't even the guy that started the playoffs with the Florida Panthers when they were down 3-1 to the Boston Bruins. But yeah. he's kind of uh, brought back that old Vezina Bob uh, from about three, four years ago when he was a Columbus Blue Jacket, one of the league goaltenders in the league. And he lost his way for a couple of years there where it just was so up and down. But uh, I guess from the Florida Panthers standpoint, they knew it was in him and he found it at just the right time. You can ride a hot goaltender in the playoffs. We see it time and time again over the years where a goaltender can be the difference in a series, the most important factor usually in in games. And he, he's been that good, no question about it. If you're Carolina, though, <clears throat> excuse me, for me, look, I mean, you, you got to avoid that frustration because you mm-hmm. probably played as good as you can play, especially in game three played uh you know the exact way you want to and it's 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 easy to get very frustrating like i can't believe we just lost this game we 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 had the better of play we had good chances mm-hmm. we just couldn't bear it but i think they have to get second and third opportunities i mean they did have some great a looks yesterday yeah the bottom line is you got to find the back of the net but I, i'm not seeing enough goal mouse scrambles and things like that where they're gonna have to get some you know shots that are you know, foot off the ice where they hit pads and they got guys crashing the net and kind of disrupt Bobrovsky because he's too much in the zone right now. All right, Ken, I want you to be as honest as possible with me here. As a former player on the Devils, are you happy to see the Canes get got? (laughs) No, you you know what? Not not really. I mean, you know, I'm far enough removed from my, (laughs) my playing days. Look, I... You know, this is a great learning year for the Devils. We didn't expect them to be where they were. It's always crushing and disappointing when you lose. Uh, but in the series against Carolina, uh, they they had some growing up to do, and they certainly beat their arch rival, the Rangers, and and played excellent in a tough seven years. They weren't able to raise their level of play, or I thought it could have been a little better series. But they felt if they won game five, uh, they could probably take it seven because they think they could have won game six. But Carolina had had the mojo going. They had some offense going. And, uh, look, I, I going into this, I have the utmost respect for, for Rod Brindamore and, and his teams. And Carolina's been knocking on the door. And uh, believe it or not, I want to see a long, grueling series. And it hasn't turned out that way. The games have been that tight, and they could have gone either way. Yet Carolina finds himself down 3-0 so for me now it doesn't matter who you play you kind of at times want to see the team that beat your guys out the team that uh, my heart uh, lays with is the devils obviously and they carolina beat them i'd like to see them go a little further you want to you want to lose out to the team that uh, is a stanley cup champion or at least goes a long way so we'll see series not over but no, I, I want to see Carolina get themselves a win because I've been through it. I, I've been through heartbreak. I've been through jubilation being part of three Stanley Cup championship teams. And I know I will go back quickly, guys, 2002, yeah. where we lost to the Carolina Hurricanes near the end of my career in a, in a, 
in a six-game series. We dominated the series, dominated. Kevin Weeks came in for Arthur Herbe at the time and stole the series. We just couldn't score. But we outshot him by 20 a night. We dominated. We, they scored nine goals in six games and won the series. So I know what they're going through right now. <laughs> yeah. And that's a, a sort of that frustration, obviously, being felt by the Carolina Hurricanes. Ken Danico, NHL Network, joining us here on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline, alongside Mark Berg and Dennis Cox here with you. Now, my, my next question for you is this, Ken. Are you surprised at the fact that this series is 3-0 as tightly as it's been played? I'm, I'm sure you're not surprised that the games have been as close as they've been, but are you surprised by the fact that one team's up 3-0 in this series? Because I honestly thought this was going to go 6 or 7. Yeah, I mean, I, absolutely. I, I pegged this for, for six and probably a seven-game series, but it has been that evenly played. But Florida Panthers, every year we see every once in a while, and you've got to give them credit, that team of destiny, that team with the conference, that team that just defies the odds. They won eight one-goal games this year, guys, in the playoffs. Yeah. Eight games by uh, those one-goal margins, and the margin prayer is so slim. And they seem to be able to find that uh, that way to win, and they know uh, they're comfortable in these one-goal games. And and you have that magical run, and it happens. And no question, for all intents and purposes, could be two to one for the Florida or for the Carolina Hurricanes right now. Mm-hmm. But it's not. You can't. You don't score. You don't win. So yeah, my surprise, absolutely. But I'm not surprised. It's not really a three-zero series from. From watching the games in my eyes, I know it is on paper, and it it's hurting the Carolina Hurricanes, and they got a tall task if they're going to come back. They got to try to win one game and turn this around. But uh, every game has been so tight. In fact, uh, yes, I thought yesterday Carolina deserved a better face. Didn't happen. They didn't score. Uh, they're going to have to capitalize on some chances, certainly in Game Five. Final Our question for Ken. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, trust me. We're getting to a game five. No, you're, you're setting up the precipice yeah, for them to get to a game five. I appreciate this, Ken Danico. You're putting it out there in the ethers uh, for all of us. Ken Danico, NHL Network. Final question here for you. As a player, as a former player, you talked about the heartache and the, the frustration from back in 2002, losing to the Carolina Hurricanes in six games as a member of the New Jersey Devils. When you run into that hot goaltender and you just can't find the back of the net, how hard is it? What are some things you have to do as a player to make sure you're not gripping the stick too tight, to make sure that you're not trying to do too much and maybe even cheat the game to try and create offense? Yeah, no, no absolutely. I, I think, uh, look, Carolina doesn't want to get away from their game completely because they, they, you know, they held Florida to seven shots the last two periods. And mm-hmm. they don't want to get away from that, but I think their defense are going to have to even push more and be part of that attack and maybe take a few risks because that's the way this series has gone. And they've played good, uh, pretty good hockey here. They find themselves on the losing end in two overtimes and certainly last night in the one nothing loss. But uh, <clears throat> they have to, uh, you know, press. But as far as squeezing the stick, look, now you're down three. Nobody expects you to come back. Go get a goal. Go win a hockey game. You have to rally together as a team. I'm not going to say it's not frustrating, <clears throat> excuse me, because it, it can get there. And I'm sur- you heard Rod Bindemore's um, post-game presser, and, you know, he's doing everything as a former player, as a guy that's won a championship, as a guy that, you know, has been through it as well, the ups and downs. Uh, uh, they're going to have to really rely on, uh, on him as far as guys. 
Don't quit. Don't be demoralized. Keep that frustration minimum. Minimum. We're looking at one shift, one period, one game, as they say. Go win a game, and maybe the the script can be flipped flipped where we start winning those one-goal games, and all of a sudden it's 3-1, 3-2, and you're back in it. But uh, don't get me wrong. There's no magic potion uh, to get you uh, not to be frustrated, but there is, you know, it takes four to win. Fourth game is the hardest, as they say, and Carolina has to believe that. They can't win three in a row at once. they got to win one game. And you never know. It has been done before, not too often, but why not make history if you're the Carolina Hurricanes? That's how they have to think. You can watch Stanley Cup champion and NHL Network analyst Ken Denico on NHL tonight through the conference finals and Stanley Cup final. Ken, really do appreciate your time. Look forward to talking to you down the line. My pleasure, guys. Nice being on with you. Take care. Keep the faith, man. You got to get one game. <laughs> hey, we're trying to keep the faith. That's like just one game at a time. That's all you got to do. As, as a fan actually pointed out to us on Twitter, you don't have to win four in a row. You just need to win one in a row four times. You know, it's all about mindset, Ken. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Have a great day, guys. Appreciate it. That's Ken Danico joining us here on the Keister Automotive Group Hotline. On the Again, Ken Danico from the NHL Network. You can catch him. And uh, the rest of the crew on the NHL tonight throughout the conference finals and Stanley Cup final over on the NHL network. And Mark, he brings up a good point. Like this, this is a guy speaking from experience. Again, he mentioned he was part of that 2002 Stanley Cup or the 2002 team that lost to the Carolina Hurricanes mm-hmm. that went to a Stanley Cup final. Uh, he was part of that team. They said, yeah. Carolina only scored nine goals in six games, but they still beat us. And he's seen it from both sides yeah. as a three-time champion as well. So he's Get seen out. it. Marty Brodeur. Yeah. Marty Brodeur was his goalie yeah. uh, with, the, with the New Jersey Devils. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Alongside Mark Bergen, Dennis Cox here with you. We are at Durham Bulls Athletic Park. It is the ACC Baseball Championship. We're here. It's day one of pool play. Pool play runs all the way through Friday. Four pools, three schools in each one. Top the winners of each pool advance to a single elimination tournament on Saturday and Sunday. So we have semifinals Saturday and championship on Sunday. You get three baseball games a day. And with, with all this baseball and ACC baseball, that's why we turn to Darren Vaught because Darren Vaught knows all things baseball, uh, just, just all things baseball. Not just ACC baseball, but just all things baseball. Uh, that's why we turn to you, Darren Vaught, who's joining us live here at the DBAP. All right, the big question that a lot of people want to know. All right, Carolina's playing right now. Uh, as we see a single up the middle, they're going to have runners on first and second here in the bottom of the fourth with just one out. They're leading 4 nothing over Georgia Tech. Is Carolina in the field of 64, yes or no? I th- if they finish this one out, I think for sure. Okay, I so they're, asked, they're, they're on the border. Yeah, I was, asked the by, I was asked by a few people um, for an outside perspective uh, at the beginning of the day and they were like okay if North Carolina loses two and then that's it for them here in Durham are they in I said yes then the okay. one helps right if they one get helps. this one it helps okay one helps all right Duke NC State coming up later today Duke's in right 
Duke's in. Duke's, Duke's in. in. They're, they're locked. And actually, it's they don't it's, even show up today. It's bizarre for a, if you're a Duke baseball fan to be in the position that you're in entering this tournament. Okay. Because usually, it is what do we have to do to get in to an NCAA regional? Yeah. Today, the talk about Duke has been okay. What do we have to do to host a regional? Really? And that is still very much on the table for the Blue Devils. So they think if they can win a couple, get to Saturday, even if they lose in a semifinal game, the outlook is good for okay. Duke to host a regional. But they're in. There, There is the extended, are we into what exclusive club past that? Okay, now we definitely know the lock. Wake Forest is the legit number one team in the country right <laughs> Correct. now. So they're, they're probably going to be the number one overall seed come tournament time. Like, yes. like in the, especially in the if they field. take care of business here, that would certainly make them number one overall. All right, but Duke tonight, again, for, scheduled 7 o'clock first pitch against NC State. NC State had to sweep their last series just to get in here. Now, Mark Bergen, I don't know if you know about this, but NC State fans are very bitter that they were Team 65 last season, and they got to the AC Championship game, lost to the Carolina team that's playing right now. What do they got to do to get in? A lot? I mean, outside- I think it's a lot. I think it's a lot. They, they had to empty the barrel – against Pitt to get yeah. the sweep, just to get here, to continue to give themselves a chance. I think if they get to a semifinal on Saturday, they sh- they can feel good about that. But really, if you're an NC State fan, you've seen it play out before, right? Yeah. You made it to Sunday, lost, and still didn't get in with the 36 RPI in the country last year. They're closer to like 20 in RPI this year, so that helps them. Okay. But you need at least a couple of wins. Okay, so they need to get to the weekend at minimum. I think so. Okay, this does not sit well with state fans, because otherwise, (laughs) because, again, this is state fans that we're talking about here, where even if they win this tournament and it's an automatic bid to the NCAA tournament, they're still going to feel like they're going to get slided and left out, even with an automatic bid. So this and is, again, again, give them 36 RPI last year. They okay. made it to Sunday and they did get left out. So there's a part of you that really can't blame them for that. Okay. <laughs> He's already fair. drawn the parallels from a season ago. That's what I mean. Like, yeah. this is, again, this is what NC State fans thought of last year. And again, this is a NC State team that we saw in 2021 get to the national championship game for the whole COVID stuff. I will say this things. about NC State a season ago. You know where they ranked in the ACC entering this tournament a season ago? Where was that? Tenth. They're ninth this year. It's similar. Yeah. It is eerily similar. You see what I did there? See? You see what I did see? there? <laughs> but, but that's that's the point. But that's the point. But you feel like, again, Carolina, they're just through four innings. They're up 4 nothing over Virginia Tech. You feel like they won today. They're, they're good to go. Is Carolina seventh in the ACC? Yeah, in, in terms and, of this tournament. and you know, they, they've been, not that NC State hadn't, this isn't a comparison game, but for, for North Carolina specifically, they, they've been ranked as high as, I believe, 13th this year okay. in the D1Baseball.com polls. Um, pitching's been an issue. Obviously, they're getting a, a pretty good version of Max Carlson yeah. so far today. Only three hits given up through four innings. They're, they don't even have their best player. Vance Honeycutt is injured and not in the lineup in this one. So, um, no, this is a good sign. Good sign for Carolina. You're stealing my thunder a little bit, Darren. We're here with Darren Vaught of USA Baseball. Is there a specific player that if fans are coming out here to the DBAP that they should keep their eye on this weekend? Well, I, 
it would have been really easy to say Vance Honeycutt, but Absolutely. He's, he's not playing today. This is now, I believe, four straight games that he's yeah, missed. It's like four or five with a lower body injury. It's lower, like, what is this, hockey? You know? Lower body yeah. injury. Yeah. Nothing more descriptive than that. It's um, a bit unusual. Um, I, Scott Forbes told me at a, a week or two ago that it was prior to him serving the, the one-game suspension at, yeah. at Coastal Carolina, which was that's definitely a suspension, and then they carried it into – whatever this nagging injury is. And Forbes just kind of nonchalantly was like, well, he's, he'd been playing banged up. And I've done multiple series of North Carolinas. I was like, man, that's that's news to me. I, yeah. I didn't know anything about that. You wouldn't have known having watched Vance, but obviously something is keeping him out of these games that they, they very much need to win. So who's the player we're watching, though? Because Honey cuts out then. Yeah, um, man, there are a lot of good choices. Gino Groover from NC State is just a fun hitter to watch. Um, who else do we have today? Duke's got a lot of good arms out of their bullpen, especially. Um, man, I like Matt Horvath for North Carolina in this game a lot. He's at third base today. He's okay. really sort of – Vance was the preseason ACC player of the year and has sort of been overshadowed by max stellar play um just a stat to sort of put it in perspective vance honeycutt became the first north carolina Tar Heel player ever to go 20 20 20 home runs 20 stolen bases a season like a ago yeah, he was 25 25 which is like unheard of at the right. collegiate level so he was the first carolina player to be 2020 ever a season ago well mac followed it up this year with a 2020 season and he's just he's just sort of quietly one of the better players in the ACC. Third base is loaded in the conference. Brock Wilkin from Wake Forest, obviously, um, sort of at the top of that list. Sure. So he's, he's sort of been lying in the weeds a little bit and not talked about as much as some of the other stars in the ACC. That's Darren Vaught, ACC Baseball Championship right here at Durham Bulls Athletic Park. Final question for you. This tournament as a whole. How many teams that are here? Only, only the top 12 teams actually get here, top 12 schools. How many schools are actually from the ACC? We've seen, I think, at what, the last 16 College World Series be, that have been played, at least one ACC school has been there. Yeah. And I think there's been multiple in 10 of those 16. How many, how many teams here from the ACC are getting to the regional? Well, I mean, I think it's... In all honesty, I want, I want your bracket projections. Yeah. You're the Joe Lenardi of baseball for us right now. <laughs> I mean, the only the only real question marks coming into this week would be... I mean, Notre Dame is, is in a position where they can do themselves some favors. Yeah. Um, NC State, we mentioned already. So, I mean, we're looking at... at we know Duke's in. We know Wake Forest is in. Wake Carolina Forest, probably. Uh, yeah, I would State say. State has some work to do. Wake Forest, Duke, Clemson, Virginia, Miami. Who else is ranked? Boston College is at six. Boston College is in there. And they won today as well. Yeah. So, they're, I mean, they're fine. They're, they're in the mix to host. Okay. Carolina's kind of where it gets interesting at seven. Yeah. I, I would say probably – Eight, maybe nine teams. Okay. So hashtag go ACC over here. Yeah. All right. You heard it from Darren Vaught. The ACC is winning the NCAA tournament. The ACC is winning the NCAA tournament. You heard it from Darren Vaught, USA Baseball. Darren, thanks for stopping by, man. Yeah, I really do of course. appreciate it. Appreciate you guys having me. That's Mark Bergen. Dennis Cox here with you. We're live at Durham Bulls Athletic Park.
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.